Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello, Lawsy. Hello. Welcome to the last episode of the season. Mm. Not that we have large breaks, but there is one coming up. Which also to be timed with you having a baby. (laughs) So (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure how well I I mean I Obviously, the baby can come at any time. So we might come back from our break and <laughs> might just be lost here. We'll see. <laughs> we'll keep you guys in the loop. But No, I will be in the hospital putting the mic in your face being like, I know you, you're in labour, but we need to kick bond. No. <laughs> but yes, we are at the end of uh, the first season of this year. I can't believe it's already April. Like, I know. That's actually insane. Easter. Like, how is it Easter already? It is, but it is it's the fourth month. That is that is the way it goes. I have something funny to tell you. Mm. So did you notice anything looking at me right now? That you have earrings on? No. I always wear earrings. No, but because, they're like dangly. That's yeah, like true, more true. than your usual. No. Thank you for noticing though, but no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, my God. What have I what not I, noticed? What do you have not noticed is I discovered a new eyebrow product. Oh, I have to. Okay. Yep. No, no, no. What I want to say is. I really like it. Okay. But today I have not used it properly. Oh. Because. Um, now I'm staring at your eyebrows. <laughs> one is filled a lot more than the other. One looks like I've had oh. like an eyebrow filling appointment <laughs> in my own bathroom. <laughs> no, like eyebrow tinting. eyebrow you do tinting. Both? I thought I did. Oh. But obviously the stain came on one of them. Oh, so it's like, is it like a, a tinted brush or something? It is. I don't really know what it is. Okay. It was called... Brows for 48 hours or something. And I was like, wow, I was in Chemist Warehouse waiting for my asthma. Every yeah. month I have to get my new preventer yep. and you have to wait 15 minutes in Chemist and Warehouse, obviously. you buy some miscellaneous I think product. that's the point of their business model, <laughs> that you walk around all the aisles yep. and you end up with 48 things when all you needed was one. Anyway, yep. so I saw these 48 hour. I, I can't even tell you the brand. I should have. Okay. I'll, I'll post it on my story. But I was like, oh, I think it was, it was cheap. It was yep. about, I think, $13 okay. or something. And I was like, I'll just give it a go. Mm. Anyway, I went to try it and I was like, oh, goodness, am I going to stain my eyebrows forever? (laughs) But then I put it in. It's like this little gel thing. You put it in your eyebrows and then it's got two types of brushes. You just brush it through. You're good to go. Definitely doesn't last 48 hours. (laughs) Like, it's just for the day because I wash it off. I'm not sure if you meant to leave it or anything. Yeah, right. But I love it. But today I didn't do a good job. Oh. I don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. That was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Do I tell you it looks good because you've admitted that you didn't do a good job? I just how about the one eyebrow that's more? I think it's the right one. Well, it looks now that I'm staring at your eyebrows, it looks like your right eyebrow is brushed up more, but your left eyebrow is darker. Oh, okay. So I need to work on my brushing and my filling. <laughs> but yes, anyway, I really recommend this product if you oh, use it properly. But okay. I'll post this thing on my Is story. Is that a special share? No, it's not my special share. It's just okay. a random thing I want to share with y'all. Y'all. No? <laughs> okay. My special share, though, is one of our brand new Pilates classes. We have just done a new drop of Pilates Masterclasses mm. in the Kick app, which is so exciting. They're such good ones. Yeah. And my favourite... Is the whole body burner with Mari. Mm. Pilates and me have a love-hate relationship. I'm into it lately. Yes, because it is very good for you. Yes. It is obviously low good impact. Yes, especially for me because I run so much and I do so much mm. heat, mm-hmm. which is very high impact. It's so nice to have something that's low impact and really good for strengthening mm. muscles and 
it is, it's that feeling of burn, which I strongly dislike. I really <laughs> like favorite. to do a minute of jump squats. Mm-hmm. I do not like to do a minute of like those weird pulses where your legs up. I think it's called <laughs> fire hydrant or something, <laughs> but that's what they get you to do in Pilates. And the only time I do it is when I do a, ma- a kick masterclass yeah. because obviously our trainers, and sometimes we're there too, <laughs> but even if it's just the trainers, are there Mari or Christina and they are talking you through yeah. the whole session so you don't give up because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm here with them. I'm not giving up. Anyway, so that is my special shit. Wait, what was it called again? The full body one? Whole. Whole body. Body burner. Great. Not full. Whole. Well, I'm assuming by whole body burner there's probably a lot of core in there. So maybe I'll wait till I've <laughs> helped this baby out until I give that one a go. But yeah, it's so exciting. We hope you guys are loving all the new Pilates yeah. workouts. Uh, my special share this week is actually something shumpling. I think <laughs> I saw this I open shared. on your phone before and I was like, love it. Yeah, I shared this on my stories uh, probably two weeks ago now by the time this podcast comes out and um, it was shared to me by someone else who I think just thought I'd really appreciate it and I really appreciate them for sending it to me because nice. I really, really like it. A follower? It. Yeah, a follower. Yeah, lovely. That's lovely. Um, and I think it actually, it's really good lead into to this podcast as well that we've got today with Abby. Um, but anyway, I'll just get to it. So this woman, I don't follow her, but she has a blue tick. So I assume she's got a profile of some sort. <laughs> so you just like one of her um, posts. Like, no. so like, I like this quote, but not the rest of her content. Not enough I, to warrant a follow. Her, her name is Jessica. I think, but I'm going to, I'm going to put her actual, when Perfect. I, yeah, in the show I notes, I'll make sure it's all written out. when you shared this, I probably. started following her. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So this is what she wrote and I just thought it was so perfect for Instagram and like, anyway, I'll just get into it. Think of someone's Instagram page like it's their home. If it's public, you have been invited to visit them there. How exciting. You might not like how they've decorated everything. That wall colour maybe is a bit too bold or you hate having to remove your shoes at the front door, but you still want to be respectful because you're in someone else's house who does things differently than you. If you don't like it there, the rules are too strange for you or the smell is just weird because for some reason you hate incense, you can always leave. You don't have to kick the door on the way out or take a shit in the toilet without flushing or knock their photos to the floor while yelling that their niece is ugly. You can just quietly exit and head to someone else's house that feels more comfortable for you. It's really as simple as that. And I just thought that was such a good way of explaining Instagram. Like I feel like too often... The trolling that I get, I always find that they follow me. And I'm like, Mm. if you have such a problem with Mm. the stuff that I'm (laughs) posting or, you know, content I'm putting out there, just unfollow me. I I don't get it. I mean, like, unless you have an extremely strong kind of political stance on something and you truly believe someone needs to be DM'd to try and educate them on something, like, Yeah, they're being harmful. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But, like... When it's just you disagree with someone or you just don't like something, like there's plenty of stuff I see online that I don't like. I'll either unfollow the person or just won't like that photo or like Mm -hmm. won't like that thing or just, you know, whatever. Maybe, you know, it's just, it's a choice that you have and to think that some people choose to still troll is just baffling to me. Anyway, and I really loved that post and I thought that was like such a good way of thinking about it. It Mm. is someone else's house in a way. It's not there to please everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it's your, cho- I think the biggest mm. thing I got out of that is we choose who we follow. Yeah. So if you don't like me or you or someone else, just don't follow them. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Don't go to their house. Yeah. <laughs> and don't, you know, I, it is funny. Sometimes I get that too. Someone will be like, oh my God, you just talk way too much and I don't like your face. And it's like, 
<laughs> That's not constructive for anyone. <laughs> and please don't follow me if you don't like my face. Yeah. I'm not here yeah. for my face to be liked by you. And then even <laughs> if they don't follow you, as this kind of said, like you don't need to knock frames down yes. on your way out. Like yes. even if they don't follow you and they've just come across their page, yes. the fact that they still feel the need to actually message you and say, I just passed by. Yeah. I really don't like the way you decorated things here. Yeah. Just thought I'd let you know. See ya. Like what? A nice reminder <laughs> of kindness. Yes, it is. Love it. Mm. So. So. Today's D&M. Yeah. Denim. Denim. All right, it's the last DNM of the first season. I think it's of the year. I was like, yeah, we'll be <laughs> no. back in a couple of weeks. We're definitely going to continue. Pending baby arrival. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, when we come back, you'll probably be a mum. Uh, yeah, well, I, well. You'll have a child. I I will you be. will be responsible for a human being. <laughs> that is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. sorry, DNM. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> I am about to turn 25 and I've been dating my boyfriend for nearly seven years. My only boyfriend ever. We have been through a lot and always managed to keep strong and move forwards. These past two years have been long distance. I was in London and he lived in Madrid, Spain. It was fine for a bit, but as time passed, we knew we needed to know a date by which we would be living in the same city. When COVID came, this only grew as it wasn't easy for me or him to fly for a weekend. Luckily, he has found a job in London. I cannot believe we will finally be together. We have decided to move in together, which only feels right. He's also my best friend, so the best flatmate I could ever ask for. As an anxious person, though, I am in my mind super scared navigating all the negative what-ifs. Sometimes even doubting myself on whether I'm playing to be an adult moving in with my boyfriend, which makes no sense because 25 and 27 is not a kid age to make this move. Do you have any tips when you started living with your boyfriends? Any others now that it's been longer? Is it scary and exciting? So many questions. Need my sister that I don't have. Thank you both so much. (laughs) Oh, we can be those sisters. (laughs) And that is such a good question. Mm. I think it is one of the scariest things ever to move in with a partner when you haven't before. Mm. And I'm I'm trying to think back. Uh, at what, what are your thoughts? About when I moved out? Well, I recollect my Well, okay, (laughs) So I moved in with Josh. We had both travelled and Mm -hmm. I was living overseas by myself and he had travelled the world. And so by the time we both got home, I was 21 and, yeah, he was 24. And we were both just at that stage where I think after all that travel and like staying out of home, Mm. especially me because I was living on my own in New York, going back to living with the family and then spending half the week at his house. I was like, okay, I need my own space. This is crazy. So we moved out probably only four months after we both got back. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided to rent first. We both had, you know, really luckily like saved up a lot and really wanted to invest in our own property and all this sort of stuff. But we were like, we have no idea how we're going to go living with each other, let alone living out of home. Um, and so we moved out and we moved out with one of our best friends and rented a property for just over a year together. And I remember it was so exciting because for me, I was like, I was always staying at his house more so than him staying at mine. And I was so sick of keeping my clothes in the car. Oh, yes, living out of the car. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, my God. I mean, it's not like my car is very clean nowadays, but it, it, was, it was like a whole wardrobe in the back there for a while. And also having to think forward about like, what am I going to have for breakfast before mm. I drive to work the next morning? Or like, you know, 
And that was actually also at the time where I was really trying to be quite, not, not too strict on my food, but I was still going through that motion of coming out of, you know, my eating habits and everything mm. and being really strict on myself. So I was like questioning, you know, what's Josh's mum going to make for dinner? Like maybe I should stay home and make my own dinner first and all that sort of stuff. So I was just so excited to have our own space and like experience that together. And moving out, I think, with our friend was also a really great way to kind of warm into it a little bit mm. because we had him there to kind of just have fun in a bit of a share house. But it was, um, I remember going from seeing each other four days a week to every day and like every night, it is a really big step. And then for you guys, obviously, you guys have been doing distance. Mm. Um, so it w- really will be a bit of a shock. And there is things that you do learn about them that you really didn't ever knew <laughs> existed. <laughs> Maybe it's like a habit they have, how long they take to get into the bed or like how long their showers are or like do they pick up after themselves? Do they go to the supermarket? All these things you will, you will find out. Um, and it took a while for us to kind of, figure each other out and to not get too frustrated. That's not to say that we don't get frustrated with each other now after living together for like eight years, but it's, you just learn to accept things about each other, but it is, it is a bit of a phase. And I do remember, especially going from kind of having that year of distance where he was traveling and I was living by myself to then living together. I personally was so used to my own space, my own personal Mm. space. And Josh is such an affectionate person. He just like always needs to be around others. And that was probably the biggest challenge for me was getting used to living with someone that was like that. And I was like, whoa, I can't (laughs) just like go to my own bedroom now. Like I could at my family house when mum wanted to chat because it's his bedroom too. (laughs) So it's it's kind of fun. But I, I, so I can understand why you have so many what ifs because- I've also had friends who have moved in with their partners and they've learned a lot of things that they don't necessarily Mm. like. So there is definitely always going to be what ifs, but it sounds like you guys have a really beautiful and romantic relationship and it's so exciting. No matter what happens from here, it is such a fun time. Yeah, I agree. And you've been together for so long, so don't worry about it. It, I mean, it's. I'm trying to think back. I think the one thing I would say that helps Dalton and I is to communicate. Mm. So things like... Cleaning the toilet properly. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning the I'm, toilet. I'm properly. getting this the is still idea a pain point for us. Doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> However, so first I started yelling <laughs> very loud. And then I realized that's not how he responds. Yeah. Like, he doesn't respond to that. Also, it shouldn't be my responsibility anyway to teach him, but unfortunately, that's in this happens. instance, mm-hmm. this happened. And so I actually, like with things like that or if he just leaves his stuff, and I do stuff too that annoys him. Yeah, yeah. So we sat down and we were like, okay, this is not a big deal for you, but yeah. for me it's very frustrating. Yeah. And I, was, I, tr- I tried to like use an example of if I did this to you, you would be really frustrated. That's how I feel when you do this. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So just communicate because often there's little things that can – annoy you about yeah. the other one yeah. and they might not even realise and it might be a really easy yeah. fix but it is a very good way to get really get to know someone but you already know your partner you'll be you'll yeah. be fine don't yeah. stress it'll be fun it'll be fun that's the biggest thing it'll be so much fun yeah and um I think you'll grow a lot in your relationship from it so be excited yeah don't, be, don't be nervous about don't it don't be nervous we're very yeah. excited for you all righty and now for this week's chat mm-hmm mm-hmm we have got the very wonderful Abby Chatfield on the podcast today. We chatted about quite a few things. Yeah. We chatted about feminism, trolling, mm-hmm. 
confidence, mental health. Yeah, and she honestly, we probably could have chatted for like another two hours. We She's really so could have. <laughs> we really could have. So easy to chat to. Um, if you guys aren't sure of who Abby is, she's been on a number of reality TV shows, um, you know, like The Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, and she actually just won I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. She sure did. And she's but, but really give her a follow or at least check out her account because she's so great. She's so, you know, no bullshit, no filter, truly herself, loud and proud and I love seeing people like that yeah. on Instagram. So I, I personally love following her, but also she has an incredible podcast and um, her chats are always so engaging and so fun to listen to. So we hope you guys enjoy this chat with Abby. Well, welcome back to the Kickpod, Abby. How are you? Oh, good girls. I feel like I haven't seen your faces in so long, except for on Instagram, of course. But how are you going? <laughs> Yeah, we're good. We're good. We we miss you though. I feel like I've got so many friends up in, in Sydney in different states and stuff, and I just I haven't seen so I know, long. I know, I know. I need to get down to Melbourne once everything's kind of normal and uh, try and see. Although by the time I get down, you'll have a baby, so it's <laughs> like I can't be like the first person to meet the baby. Like walking in, everyone's like, "Why the fuck is Abby Chatfield meeting a baby before me?" Like, wait, I'm having wait. a brain freeze. Have we met in real life? No. No, oh, oh, I was like, when Steph said I missed you, haven't seen you oh my for God, so that's long. So I was like, funny. yeah, haven't seen you ever. But yeah, <laughs> ever. No, but isn't oh my it weird? God. It's like with I, I, met, you, you know, I met Tully Smythe every day. Yes, the first I saw time. That. <laughs> and we have like, I, Tully is like. I would say one of my close friends, like I call her when I'm upset, like yeah. I FaceTime her sobbing. And yeah. then when we met, we were like, this is so weird that we haven't ever met because I call you when I have like mental breakdowns. Like I FaceTime uh. her like, Tully. So uh, yeah, it's weird. I have so many friends. A lot of them like, that are like, you know, through like influencing and like, <laughs> but they're in Melbourne because a lot of you guys are in Melbourne and it's like, I haven't been able to just pop down and see you or if I'm, I haven't just been in Melbourne and be like, oh, we should get a drink. So hopefully yeah. soon. I mean, I'm now in lockdown in, in Sydney. Because I was in Brisbane. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. So that's why when you were like, does 9.30 suit you? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime suits me uh, doing nothing, I can go get a coffee. That's it. <laughs> well, we've got to say, Abs, we've, we've loved seeing everything that you're getting up to. Um, it's just incredible. And you it's like you're becoming, you've always been really comfortable, obviously, being yourself and, and speaking your truth and everything like that. But it's just really cool to see that. I suppose that confidence growing in you and that's getting stronger and stronger. And I just love watching your stories because there's just no bullshit, basically. It's like no filter. It's the best. Um, and it's super refreshing to see. So we're hoping like um, we know our community would love that sort of transparency as well. And we're going to have a chat today over a few important topics um, mm-hmm. that we know are really important to you as well because you often speak quite openly about them. Um, and we thought we'd start off with feminism. Yes. Because we just, I, I, I love your stance on feminism, but mm-hmm. what, what does it mean to you? I mean, I get asked this question a lot and I get really like anxious about answering it because it's such like a, it's such a big, broad mm. topic, obviously, and I get very scared and not going to encapsulate everything. But I think feminism for me is not only, I think when I was younger, it used to be, um, you know, women being able to do whatever they want and, you know, having autonomy and that, that still is a strong foundation of it. But I think uh, more so it's now focusing on lifting up all women and particularly in, including intersectional, intersections, sorry, in that uh, in that narrative. So, you know, including um, LGBTQA plus community, which I guess I'm a part of, I guess. Um, and as well, 
you know, people of colour, which were never ignored in my in my definition of who should be included. Mm. But I guess my definition has probably changed over the past two years in in my education and in in my reading and, and listening to podcasts and listening to people, um, uh, you know, calling me out when I've when I've messed up. So I feel like it's just about obviously the most standard boring definition equality for all ah. <laughs> but it's actually empowering those uh, those uh, minority groups and those groups that have been oppressed and that does include women but I think um, right now I'm trying to focus more on educating myself uh, around uh, uh, issues with, regarding people of colour and LGBTQIA plus uh, community just because I feel like um, I maybe have not been as vigilant as I should be. So that's kind of where I am right now. I feel like it always changes. Mm. So that's why I don't, I don't, I like that question because it makes me reevaluate what, how I see feminism. Um, but, you know, it's always going to be, you know, the foundation for me of having autonomy as women. If that was like a very long answer, that was a very long answer. I think answer. It, was, it was good. And I think, yeah, you're right. It does always change. Uh, I, spe- I suppose with everything in life, the, the more we, we learn the more we know and then things change and and that's okay and we wanted to chat to you about the and I know you've spoken about this so much but Mm. we really really wanted to touch on it with you holding people accountable when they are being sexist or you know Mm. they're not doing the right thing and it is really uncomfortable Mm. I think it's something that everyone says that if you you know believe in something and some you know your, it could be your dad, it could be your uncle, it could be mm. anyone makes, you know, a sexist comment at the table or a racist comment to hold them accountable. Mm. But I think in practice it's actually so much harder kind of said than, than done. And while you were on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which you won, which is just, we were yeah. just so happy, <laughs> so exciting. It's so um, weird. <laughs> but it's amazing and you you deserved it and it was, it was so, so, so nice to watch Thanks, you babes. win. But on an episode... Who was it? Dipper. Dipper. Dipper made a comment about or continued to make comments about what you were wearing or Mm. what you were not wearing, I suppose, and that it was inappropriate. And you called him out, which when I was watching that, I was like, oh, my God, I have anxiety for her. But I'm just like, yes, like you are like I could not have done that because I, I, you know, it's uncomfortable making people feel uncomfortable. But Mm. that's how we create change. So can you talk to us about that? Oh my god! I mean, I mean, I totally agree. It is really hard. I guess I've been really lucky in my family in that I, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but my family is literally all women except mm. for um, my grandpa who passed away when I was twelve. So for my adult life, it's been all women except for him and my uncle who is uh, like I'm not gonna say I don't want to say flamboyant. I would say he's flamboyant, but like he's straight. He's just he's just a very like. He's a dentist. He's a very soft man. He's just very much like, oh, da, aren't you gorgeous? Like, he's just very, <laughs> like, he's he's not like a typical macho man at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my cousin, who's, like, younger than me. So it's, it's I think, growing up in a family of women and men who who respond to being questioned uh, has been good for me in that I have that environment where no one close to me has, it's ever been hard in my atmosphere to mm. question people. Like, it's always been, you know, all women and then obviously different generations as different things that you have to call out uh, like if there's a transphobic or, or a racial comment that you have to call out but again my family that doesn't happen ever overtly it won't ever be something completely uh, awful there'll be small uh, microaggressions that are said around the table and my sister and I 
will talk back and there will be a debate and sometimes there will be yelling but it's 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 like like when Trump got elected there were screaming there was screaming at the table like screaming but it's never it never is an intimidating thing for my sister and I to talk about those things because since we were 12 we've been talking about political issues at dinner with our family right so I think I'm very lucky in that and I understand that it's so hard for people if it is their dad or their uncle or their brother to talk back because you have to risk that relationship and there's also the threat of being the problematic one and being like oh she's so annoying or particularly when you're a younger woman when you're in high school it's like you don't know what you're talking about you're just a silly little girl uh, and being dismissed uh, as well as feeling like maybe you don't know because if everyone in your family is saying this thing, you're like, well, you know, I'm seeing this thing online or ever this in a book or in school talking about this. And I don't really, I don't really know if I'm correct in how I feel. Maybe I am like kind of gaslighting yourself. Um, but I think, you know, even for me, it is still hard to call out people who um, I don't really know that well. And Dipper was a particularly hard one because we were all living mm. in a reality show. Mm. And we all know my experience with reality shows hasn't been that good <laughs> before celebrity with editing. So I was so scared. The reason why I was crying so much after um, after I confronted Dipper um, was because I felt like I didn't do enough. But I also was like, oh, now I'm going to be the problematic one. So it was like it was twofold and that I didn't feel like I'd done enough because I kind of felt like if I was going to go – and do it. I should have done it full force, not half assed. And I felt like I did it half assed. I felt like I could have said more and I could have had a full debate. But I hadn't eaten and we hadn't slept. <laughs> and I was like, like the way I describe it is like in celeb, it's like you have like 10 points of energy a day. And, and you know, four of those points are used up on just being awake. So you have like six points. If you have a trial, you're dead. You're like you're gone. You have no other energy. You sleep the rest of the day. Like you'll see in the show, people are sleeping all day. People are like, why are they sleeping all the time? Because you aren't eating. Like you have no energy. <laughs> so like that took up like five points of my energy that day. And I was like so exhausted, so upset. But... That was hard for me and, and it's, you know, in other experiences in my life, I've had to call people out. Um, after The Bachelor, I came back from filming. So this is before it aired. No one even knew I was on The Bachelor. Um, and I came back and, and, you know, there were, as usual as it was when I'd left, there were racist and sexist comments being said and I just, you know, got quite angry and started crying in the office because someone was saying a, a, a racial slur in the office and no one was stopping them. And then I went to the bathroom and cried. And then I quit, I think, the next day. Um, but in that instance, I was called, it was like, oh, Abby's being emotional again. And it's like, no, I'm actually quite upset because you're saying a racial slur loudly mm. uh, in an office and no one's calling you out. In fact, you're being encouraged. Um, so it is hard. And like, I always cry when I confront people. Like, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not, I think as well, people are always like, how do you do it? I'm like, I go and cry in secret. Like I go and come and then I'm like, you know, when you just like, I'm not a very good, I'm, I'm a good arguer. But then once I finish arguing, then I have to go and have my little cry. And I think that's okay. It's a, it's an okay compensation. Um, but yeah, I, th I do understand that it's really hard. And I, 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 I think the biggest thing that you can do to, be able to talk to people is know know the reasons why you're upset because I think that gets people caught up a lot um, and not not that it's their fault but I think uh, people who are disagreeing with you will see that as a weakness and will say try and lo find loopholes so often before I'm about to argue with someone I'll try and preempt their rebuttal like I'll be like hey how are they going to come back with me here yeah. because like and if you're not educated on it 
it's actually okay to go and figure out exactly why something upset you. So, for example, if you had a dipper comment, if it was from your 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 dad, right? It's okay to go and go and figure out exactly why. You can do some research. You can figure it out. I'm writing a book on this, so maybe just wait until the book comes out. <laughs> um, like figure it out, and then go back and be calm and have dot points and have have you know your your sources have everything ready to go. And while that might seem ridiculous, it seems. For me, it seems to help me a lot having a structure of what I'm going to say and knowing, as well as trying to stay calm. And if things start to get emotional for you, it's okay to walk away and come back to it. You know what I mean? I think a lot of these things that have been quite reactive. I don't know if you if you guys have ever like confronted someone and then you just feel like everything's spiraling out of control and you don't really know why you're saying what you're saying. Like I'm just I'm so frustrated. I'm trying to tell you why. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of I think again the tangent, girls. Have you ever have you ever had to like stand up to someone being yeah surely you, modeling yeah, especially oh, absolutely absolutely. But do you think that there's also I I feel like with me because um, when you just said then with when you confronted Dipper that maybe you, you questioned that maybe you did it like half assed or whatever, I feel like I have a different way of approaching the or confronting someone depending on who that person is. So, mm. for example, if it's someone, if it's a male my age, I'm like, you should know better kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. the way I approach someone who might be like 50, 60, I know that they've grown up I suppose, learning different ways. And I, I do, I am a little bit more sensitive. Not that I think that what they're saying is correct at all. Like no. I am definitely confronting them and disagreeing with them, but I do approach it differently, I feel, because I know for a fact that when I have, like my kid, for example, there's things I'm going to say in 20 odd years that are probably inappropriate or have been found as in like, this is actually not okay and this is mm-hmm. why. And I want to be able to be... I want to feel comfortable in someone confronting me when I say the wrong thing, if that makes sense, because it's just something, as you said earlier, Laws, like unless you've learned it, you Mm -hmm. don't know. So like I think there is, you know, there's a way of confronting people without it being like an attack. But then again, I do get extremely frustrated when it's someone that I'm like, okay, if I'm learning all this stuff, like you should be too. Like we're both like growing up in the same era, (laughs) going through the same things, like what? What do you what how are you saying that right now? That's that's so true actually, like having different approaches. And I think we I think I do it, I'm sure you do as well. You do it without even really thinking about it. You're like a bit more delicate, people that are older or obviously if you work with them or if it's your dad or but yeah, I mean I had a I had a uh, not an, well, I did have an argument with someone recently about um something that I didn't even want to go into, but it was basically I felt like he wasn't supporting women and I just kept and he was around our age and I was like, Shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> like yelling I was like like I was like you don't fucking like like yelling and he was like don't you swear in my house and I was like don't be my dad like so I but then if that was if if the same thing was said by like Dipper in the camp yeah you know it, it would be different because you're right if someone is our age or in the same generation as us it's like it's like come on like yeah. how do you not realize what you're saying is is mm-hmm. that's a really good point actually I didn't realize I do that but that's a, that's a very good point because I think with Dip. I tried to do my usual strategy is questioning, mm. but some. T- but then with Dipper, I did just I was I walked away because I was like, a I don't want to be the villain again. B uh, I I'm, I have no energy. I haven't eaten today. Uh, and C like what you know how could I change a, a someone's mind who's been in locker rooms for how many mm. 40, 45 years? Um, mm. 
but I think with people our age, I think you can be a bit more, <laughs> a bit yeah. more pushy. Maybe don't scream in their faces like I do because uh, <laughs> I, I get so, like, worked up. But uh, that's none of my friends. If it was someone like a random guy at, at, a, at a bar, I think I think the best course of action is to just keep asking them to explain themselves because they will explain themselves into a corner. Mm. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, but why do you think that, though? But how, what's your evidence for that though, babe? <laughs> oh my God. I feel like a fight. I'm going to go out to, to a bar on the weekend <laughs> and find someone doing something inappropriate. Like, what are you doing to her? <laughs> I was um, listening. I can't remember what podcast it was recently, but they were talking about, and I thought it was a really great way to approach it. Instead of calling someone out to call them in mm. and calling in is as in, saying oh, you can say you you know that's not the right thing to say but then educating them on why it's not mm. the right thing to say and I feel like because I am a people pleaser so I saw what you did in the jungle and I was like you go girl but I was like it's not, I, be- I believe in what you're doing and I love it but I would melt into my clothes and just turn like disintegrate <laughs> like a cartoon if that was me um, <laughs> and so that's been for me a way that I've been able to get my head around it because I feel like I get like super and then I'll think about it for like 10 years. Yeah. Because anxiety, obviously. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually, I feel like as well, I think it also depends on it, the person you are. And I think yeah. you just proved that point, Laws, because totally. My, my dad is a very loud and opinionated person mm-hmm. who like has his opinions and like really likes to sit with them. And he's very loud. He knows he's not always right, but like sometimes I'm like, do you? Um, like, <laughs> Sounds like me, I've, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but I've definitely got that from him, as in like if I have an opinion on something, I'm pretty stubborn or I'm, I'm pretty loud about it. Um, so I think that's also like y- everyone's going to yeah. confront people in different ways um, mm-hmm. because of who they are as well. Mm, mm, totally. Laura, how would you, if someone, if someone, um, if someone did something like Dipper did and you wanted to say something, how would you have approached it? To be completely honest, if it was on, if I didn't know them very well, I would struggle the most because I mm. wouldn't be able to explain where I was coming from and know mm. that I would then be able to check up on them to see if I'd offended them, even though that that's obviously not the right way to yeah. do because they've offended, you know, a lot mm. of people. And if we don't call things out then or call people in, we're not going to change. But I think... I would have probably. I mean, it's also very different because it was on national TV. So even yeah, let's say it's not on TV. Let's say it's not on TV. A million people watching. Let's say it's at your house. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'd pull them aside and I would speak to them. I wouldn't call them out in front of everyone. I would speak to them and say, "Hey, here's this resource that I read. I actually used to believe what you believe, and now this has really changed my mind. And Mm -hmm. that's, I suppose, how I would approach it." Yeah. Um, but I think as well it does depend on, on the circumstances. Mm. Like if it was – if I was confronting like Bryce from Married at First Sight, oh, then I would be yelling at so the table. so much to say. <laughs> so like it really depends on the person. Oh. Jesus Christ. And, oh, my God. Speaking of Bryce. Sorry, I, I think that's just really important because I um, – Laura, because obviously we're different, very different people uh, conflict-wise. So people listening to me, I think sometimes I get worried that people are like, well, I can't do that because I'm not like you. So I like people to hear how – other kind of personality types would handle it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like my advice isn't really, um, it isn't really applicable to, it is applicable to everyone because not everyone mm. is like me. And I, I think Steph, you and I might have like a similar way of confronting <laughs> people, but you remind me of my, my, one of my best friends. So it's like, I'm trying to think of what, ta- what would help her listening to this, you know, or, or help her. But back to Bryce, whenever I watch Married at First Sight, I try to be 
or Bachelor, I'm very, you know, in editing, obviously, I'm like, what? Mm. But there are yeah. things that are happening. It's like body language things. It, is, it isn't like, oh, he said this one line that really upset me. Or like, it's mm. like I've watched little snippets and it's it's consistently pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, Bryce, I mean, babes, good luck to you. Uh, I hope, are they still together? I heard they're still together. I heard that rumour too. Did you? Yeah, he mm. was on the radio and he apparently confirmed it to someone on the radio that they were still together. But isn't he isn't he a radio host anyway? So he knows what would get. Yeah. I think he lost his job. I would assume he would have lost. His, I'm very interested that someone in the media that getting a job on radio is really hard. You work oh. really hard to get a job on radio. Would then go in knowing how it can go things bad, can be edited, yeah. Um, yeah, and how things can be edited and, and how you 